Welcome to the Ash K Podcast, where you're going to upgrade your mindset, learn lifestyle tips, and broaden your business brain. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button, and let's get into it. Hello, hello. I'm so excited for our guest today. We have Jenna Padula. She is a health and wellness coach with JP Wellness Coaching. She's an integrative nutrition graduate. I also graduated from there. And you can find her on Instagram at Jenna Padula Wellness and at her website, Jenna Padula Wellness Coaching.com. On her website, she posts really great recipes if you're looking to detox or lose some weight. So check her out and we'll get into it. So I partnered with my colleague. And I really built the business from the ground up. And I think that he's transitioning into like a new season of his life. So he was like, hey, are you ready to be a business owner? He kind of brought it up in January. And I've really been thinking about it just because it is my baby. And I built it and I'm, you know, growing it and building relationships. So yeah, I really just started. He was like, do you want to be a business owner? And I was like, let's let's start really talking about it. So that's so I mean, because I met you in January. Was that? Yeah, I think so. Or I think February was my first meeting. So okay, for the Women's Business Collective. Well, that is like, such a perfect because even when you came to those meetings, you were talking about transaction exchange and, and your business and there was such a passion behind that. So it's, it's exciting to see that you're you can see that clear path of what's next for your for your business venture. Well, it was actually a little bit like at first it was a little unclear like do I really want to do this? Do I really want to, you know, be this for the rest of my life and like really reflecting on do I want to be a business owner? Do I have the capabilities of being a business owner? Like am I worthy almost? And I had to really work through that where it's like you are worthy. Like it's okay. Like you are smart, you know what you're doing. It's okay to like have faith in yourself and take leaps and bounds, you know? And not to mention that even though you just said like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Thinking about, you know, 10 years from now, maybe you're training someone in the same shoes that you were in and you sell it to them. Like it's not necessary. I mean, there's so many people who buy and sell businesses and not that that's what your current goals are that I, that I'm aware of at least, but there's definitely different, different avenues that you can take. And I know you definitely will. Yeah. I'm just going to see what happens. And I think um, the universe puts stuff in our paths just to figure out, is this it? Try to explore those different, different avenues of business ownership, having a job. Like I would never be here today if I didn't take the paths I taken in the past. So it's pretty cool. Like seeing how far I've come and even the last couple of years. Well, and there's even a path that we have in common, which is probably the reason that I'm on your podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, But with the integrative nutrition health coaching uh, certification that we both have from the same institute, IIN. That's another avenue that I, okay, so I haven't listened to all of your podcast episodes, but I've definitely listened to some and I have some things I want to ask you about later on. But have you talked about your integrative nutrition health coaching certification on your podcast yet? I have not. I have mentioned it um, a little bit, but I have not talked about it as much as I probably should or I guess my background too. And I just, I wanted to bring it up to just have listeners know, like when I say like, there's a lot of different avenues that like you're, you're going to have, I mean, you have this whole other passion, which totally ties into your whole self-care, prevent the burnout or how to deal with the burnout and get out of it. And that nutrition certification, I think you said you did the year long. Yep. I did. Yep. It was the year long and really changed my life. And so, I would not be here today if I w- did not do that. Do you, because I, I would love to hear a little bit more about like your self-care journey 
as it relates to everything that you talk about on your podcast and, and what you got most from that program? I think I thought I was going to take a path of coaching. And once I got into it, I realized that I had a lot of self-work that I needed to do myself before I could even begin to have a foundation and the mental capacity to run my own business. So when I first started, all of this information was amazing to me because there's so many people out there that have changed their life just by changing the small things in their life. Their primary and secondary food, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Let's let's actually let You want to dive in? Let's dive into that. You tell us about primary and secondary food. Primary food and secondary food. We think about our the food that we eat, breakfast, lunch and dinner, snacks as technically secondary food because what is really more important to our overall health and wellness is you know our relationships and our social life and our home environment where we spend you know at least eight hours a night sleeping and probably other time during the day you know what your work or school environment all of those things have a a bigger impact to a degree depends depends how those are uh, than food. And something that I I talk about with my clients is that, you know, I can help heal your biology. I can help refer you to people that are going to heal your biology through food and different supplements and, and different holistic or, you know, Western health avenues, but I can't heal your biography. And that's exactly what you are saying is what, what I'm assuming is what you're saying is that, you weren't ready to go into that, like starting your own business and having a coaching business because you wanted to heal your biography before putting that out. Absolutely. And just the mental toughness too of, I've gone through a lot in my life and that's what has gotten me here today. But I had to work through that because I had so much pent up. I was living a victim life a lot. Like, oh, this keeps happening to me. And oh, I'll never get ahead and had a really bad mindset that I really needed to change before I made the leaps and bounds that I'm making now and have, you know, have a better relationship just with myself. I do have faith in myself. I am worthy of running a business. It's okay to have a little bit of anxiety and have those feelings, but you work through them and you have a positive mindset about that. And that's really what got me to, that's what I took away from IIN. A lot of that was mindset and primary food instead of secondary food, which you took a lot away from secondary food. So I had a lot of nutritional like education background before going into that program. I obviously there's a lot of like different nutritional protocols that you learn about and you do learn, you know, the science behind it in that program. But for my different certifications and education background and, and just being a, a plain health nerd, like my bedside reading is a nutritional healing. It's, it's the seventh edition. It just pre, like, I pre-ordered it. I got it la- uh, like middle of March. Like that's my bedside reading. So if that tells you how crazy I am, um, and it's not something you, it's a big textbook. It's literally a fat textbook and it's not something that you read front to back you you go through see something that sparks your interest and learn more about it i I spend like five ten minutes every night and i just go through and and that's how i keep refreshing my my education and really diving deeper and you know making sure that you're looking at the latest latest updated editions of things too just because the nutrition and wellness world i mean there's so so much more research research and studies around everything Oh yeah. It is definitely ever changing, ever updating. Always. And the one thing from IIN that I I knew before going into, but really like I I embrace this a lot more with my clients now with my coaching programs versus when I was coaching at a wellness center and everything was wonderful. It was the perfect environment at the wellness center. It's Tree of Life Wellness Center in Albertville, if anyone's in Minnesota. But I walked into a program that was already running and there wasn't necessarily 
a ton of bio-individuality and you're able to customize the program. There was DNA testing. So people were able to really figure out, you know, what is actually best for me and what's my blueprint to health. But there was nothing with the primary foods, you know, asking the amount of clients that I've had where if I would have been able to help equip them with their stress coming from different areas of their life and, and knowing how to ask the right questions to them, I could have served them better. But that's that's growth. And every every person has their own avenue that they're just a pro on and, and they get better as time goes on. And this is just how, how passionate I am. And basically bioindividuality is that everyone is different because of your genes, your environment, you know, your environment can influence your genes and uh, just the actions that you take, you know, what foods work for me are going to be completely different for what foods work for Ashley right now. And then when Ashley is 10 years older than she is, and then 10 years older, and then, you know, versus when you were a child, even your nutritional needs change throughout time. And so being open and attuned with what your body needs. And something I also preach is intuitive eating which is super difficult because we have stopped listening to our bodies. And so to be intuitive is not the easiest anymore. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was going to say with the society that we live in now with so much influence just on every single platform, it's the newest and greatest thing, you know, is, oh, you got to try this. The Alex Earl amino acids, right? I've (laughs) seen it all over TikTok. Yep. Greens, greens. And everyone's wanting to do the biggest and best thing. But really, it's all about what works for you. Um, I know that for me, I do a form of intermittent fasting that I've just if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat, you know, we're supposed to eat three meals a day. But for me, breakfast isn't really, I've never really enjoyed it. I have a hard time eating breakfast in the morning. And so I'm just not going to do it because my body's telling me, so sometimes I have a hard time like swallowing a bite, right? Like it's not for me and that's okay with that's my body. And it's okay. Like everyone says breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but really it's the most important, the the first thing you put in your body is the most important thing, you yeah. know, change and just, reframing what, like what they mean by that, like start your day, you know, start your fuel with good quality food, right? Good nutritional quality food. Yeah. So that's for me, there's just some things my fiance is like, you got to eat breakfast. I It's not for me. And it, I've tried and it just isn't, it doesn't work for me, but my breakfast is at 11. So and let's and that's let's okay. rewind let's rewind that. The fact that you're saying you you try to put food in your mouth in the morning and you're like gagging, listening to your body, mm-hmm. it doesn't want food then. Yeah. And then you have all these other people saying, "No, but you really should, Ashley. You really should have breakfast." And How, I tried. And, you know what I mean? And, and I did. I've I've been influenced where it's like, "Okay, they say it's the most important, so I have to do it." But really, you got to listen to yourself and your body. Yeah, that and that's something that is a very controversial topic, the intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is a topic that is quite controversial. And for some people, it works. And some people it doesn't. And to be quite fair, we are all fasting every single day, because I'm I'm pretty sure you're not eating while you're sleeping. So for, for a good, hopefully at least seven, eight hours, you're not eating. There are a ton of benefits to to even a 12-hour fast. The most common, at least that I've heard of, what a lot of my clients do, but not all of them. Some some people should not be fasting that long. If if you're dealing with hormonal issues or, you know, right off the bat, you're dealing with a lot of blood sugar issues, you're not going to be able to fast for 16 hours. It's going to cause more stress on your body. Your adrenal glands are going to produce cortisol. That's that stress hormone, which is a good hormone to have. But when it's going off at that rate and for that long, it, it causes stress on your nervous system. And now you're having you know, brain inflammation symptoms like brain fog and fatigue because you're kind of on that, you're on fight or flight when your cortisol is going out like that. Right. And 
And that's something you talk about on your podcast too, is, is recovering from that burnout. So what have been tips for you? Like what, what are your tools for, for fighting that fight or flight? Or if you ever catch yourself in it? Well, for me, I recently have been just with all the stress of potentially buying a business and getting married and having a lot on my plate, just slowing down and breathing. Your breath can really change where your body is. It can slow your heart rate down. It gives you a moment to just listen to your thoughts. So breathing is huge for me. I find myself a lot of the times now being like, you forget about it sometimes. And I do a lot of like reflecting and resetting. Uh, I'm really big on boundaries. And sometimes you let those boundaries get a little loosey-goosey. Pausing and resetting and resetting those boundaries um, has been a lifesaver for me. I only have one day off a week just because I do work multiple jobs and I'm doing a lot of stuff during the week. That's Sundays. Recently, I've been doing, you know, we had Easter, we had a lot of things have been coming up on Sundays and I had to revisit that and just take a breath and be like, Sundays are my day. And if it's not an absolute yes, then just say no. And it's okay to say no. So that's boundaries and breathing are like my two fave, just because you really hold your space with both of those. So that's two really big ones. And like resting and resetting, you can do that as many times as you need to, slowing down and just really revisiting what aligns with you. Things change very often. So revisiting those priorities, I think, is really important frequently. Yeah, the boundaries. And that's that's the toughest one for most people is being able to because you you want uh, it's it's in our nature to want to help others and and to step up and I don't think that's always a bad thing. I mean, it's it's not always a bad thing because that's part of our our human connection which which we need to to be really healthy and if you if you want to bring it a little bit more scientific here, so the blue zones, uh, there are seven or eight places in the world. I believe they're just single cities uh, that are living the longest and healthiest lifespans. And really, they're looking at it as, as health spans because in America, yes, the average age of death is 82 years old. And that is pretty, pretty up there. But when you look at when our health span so lifespan is your actual age. Health span is like quality years. We stop having like quality years. Gosh, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like mid to late 60s. And so mid to late 60s to 82 years old, there is minimizing quality of life. But in these blue zones, they're living really long. So like 80s, 90s, I think some are like even 100, 100. Yeah. 100. And they are like in tip top shape mentally and physically until they die. The reason I bring this up is because some common themes that they see throughout all these blue zones is that they have a huge sense of community. You know, they have purpose and meaning at every single stage of their life. Um, If you are interested in learning more about stages of life, look up Erickson's stages of life. Uh, It's a psychological kind of showing you at like different stages of your life, like what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to work through. And if you don't work through that, you get stuck. So there's like a negative side to that. And especially with, with older people, if you're not working anymore, if you know, you don't really see your family much, where is your purpose? Basically in these blue zones, the elderly are still living with their family and they're watching the grandkids or the great grandkids and they are putting their wisdom to use. They are still gardening and they, they're just having such a, a happy and gratitude mindset to, to life. And that is one of the reasons that these eight places are, are living so healthy. And so that goes to put science to that, that primary food and how important that is. Because think about it, that's their home environment, that's their relationships, that's their social life, 
all of those things. And, and they're drinking alcohol. Most of these places are drinking alcohol every single day. They're turning it up with a couple glasses. And yeah. so, and, and here in America, I mean, our alcohol is a lot different than the alcohol that they're drinking. Theirs is typically more natural, less processed. I'd love to hear about your relationship with alcohol. With being a health coach, I've, with being into health and wellness, I know it's not something that fits into my lifestyle very well uh, for me personally. So my relationship with alcohol, it's good. It's actually good, but I don't do it often. I drink maybe once a month. I could easily go without it and super grateful for that. Um, I used to drink, but it, it just, that wasn't the, I knew it wasn't the environment for me. I felt like crap afterwards. Like I definitely went through that phase and then just easily went out and definitely a lot happier without it. And I, I really enjoy my mornings and to be able to wake up and feel good and not feel like I need to sleep until noon is huge for me. It just, it doesn't make me feel good. My personal health goals, I'm really looking to support my hormone and gut health and alcohol is just the absolute worst for both of those. So I choose to avoid most of the time. I don't know if you know, but I am sober. I am over a year sober now. It has been the best decision of my life. My entire family actually are, we're all alcoholics um, for the most part. I have a few who have gone through rehab and treatment and some that just have a interesting relationship with alcohol. I think for me, I had an issue with binge binging. I couldn't just have one drink. It always was one or 12. Like there was no really in between. And I kept wasting my energy on trying to limit myself. I had to think about it like, okay, so I can only have two drinks at dinner because it's Wednesday and it just wasn't it worth it. And since I quit yeah. drinking, like my life has literally done a 180. I am so much better off mentally and physically. I feel better. Like you said, I love my mornings. I love getting up this morning. I went for a walk with my fiance. He travels for work. So it's like those little... 30 minute times that I get with him are so important to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I appreciate you too, like having a good relationship with alcohol. I love that. I think that if if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. Some people, there's different spectrums. It's different. It's different for everybody. So I think it's so awesome that you can have a good relationship with alcohol and drink for occasions and fine with that. So I I appreciate any any good relationship with alcohol. So many people either have issues with alcohol or, or abuse alcohol and all of them when they when they give it up, their life does that 180. So if if your life is crap and you're wondering why and you drink often, maybe evaluate your relationship with alcohol and see cuz it sounds like your trade-offs are like I actually get to spend time with my fiance. Mm -hmm. like I get to do that versus it's almost, a you know, you're not having a relationship if you're not able to see each other or to spend that quality time together. Well, we used to just sit around because I would be off on Sundays. Saturday night, we would go out and then Sunday we would just sit and eat pizza and be hungover and watch movies on the couch. That was our quality time. And looking back on it now, it just makes yeah. me laugh. It literally makes me laugh because I'm like, now, like the house is cleaner. The yard is taken care of. We're taking care of our ourselves so much more because of one decision that we're, we decided to do together. It's just and, a huge thing. And so he's also a year alcohol free. Um, May 2nd will be his year. So he started wow. just a little bit after me, but he saw like, holy crap, I'm, I was getting so much more done. I was happier. I was exercise routine was actually happening yeah. <laughs> consistently. And he was like, okay, yeah, I, I can see this now. So he was, he's like, I'm going to try it out too. And we'll see what happens. And clearly it's been, been for the better for both of you. Yeah. We're getting married now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of alcohol, I wanted to touch on just you know, detoxing your body. If yeah, I think with the body and alcohol and just food in general, 
I'd love to like talk about your processes and what you coach people on. Totally. So it is something that is brought up to me so much. Like everyone's a whiny or just likes to have just something to knock off the edge. So super common and no judgment for people who do drink, right? Like it's, yeah. if same. it works for you, that is, that's great. But also you can't be ignorant of what its effects are. Okay. What we have for alcohol in the U S and what we mix it with, it is just not a natural, okay. Not to mention what the alcohol does, but even just all that sugar for your body, alcohol and sugar together. That's just like a killer combo, especially the alcohol that we have in the United States. Typically it is very cheap, poorly processed. Um, not to mention the sugars and the androgens that have, it changes your hormones in your body, basically. Uh, but what we also drink the alcohol with, I mean, think about how much sugar is in a rum and Coke or a margarita, or I mean, even a, even a gin and tonic, there's a lot of sugar in the tonic. My clients, of course, they always ask like, like, where does alcohol fit in with your programs? And in the first three weeks, we do uh, kind of a, a cleanse where you really try to avoid all processed foods and beverages that, that have things that are not natural in them. And so I asked them for the first three weeks, if you can cut out alcohol, that would be much appreciated and your body would appreciate it too. No one ever has an issue with it, which is wonderful. People, when they're coming to me, they're ready to make that change. And they know that alcohol is probably something that's not supporting their health because mm -hmm. we, we can't be ignorant to, to what it does to our body. But when they do want to add back a glass of wine or some sort of alcoholic beverage, I give them tips to, to how to prepare your body for that. Number one thing is obviously hydrate your body. Drink about half your body weight in ounces per day. Also, make sure you're getting in minerals and electrolytes. You can drink all the water that you want in the world, but if you don't have minerals to actually absorb the water, it's, it's just going straight through you. And so what we need is to have it absorbed on the cellular level. And how you do that is getting electrolytes in. So, you know, salt is not the enemy. Obviously, don't oversalt your foods. But if you want to use like Celtic sea salt or Himalayan sea salt, that's a really good thing to do to make sure that you're absorbing all of the wonderful water that you're drinking. And then on top of that, the electrolytes are going to help balance your hydration when you do drink the alcohol. So you can either have the electrolytes before you go out to drink. I actually mix it in. Sometimes I'll do like a, a vodka soda or just a vodka water and I have a lemonade flavored electrolyte and, and I'm hydrating and dehydrating at the same time, but um, always the morning after as well. Uh, and you don't need to buy electrolytes. You can actually make your own at home. Like you can put like 16 ounces of water, a couple of cranks of Celtic sea salt. That's going to be the cleanest sea salt because we think about our oceans. There are microplastics in there. So you want to make sure that it is sourced from a, a clean environment. And the Celtic sea is, is a really good one. Lemon juice in there. You can put in stevia if you want. You can put in whatever natural sweetener that you want to in there and make it like an, a lemonade nice. elixir and that that I could be that. your electrolyte so there's there's at home things that you can do or you can buy different brands my favorite is ultima it's on amazon i can i can send you the link i recommend it to literally everyone it has helped people who suffer from chronic migraines and headaches and fatigue because that that salt and those minerals, they help support our, okay, it helps support our adrenals and our adrenals produce a few different hormones and aldosterone is one of them. I may have mispronounced that. I do have issues with that, but you'll just have to bear with me. Um, but that's it. If we're not supporting our body and giving it the minerals that it needs to have healthy hormone production, then your hormones are not going to be balanced. That is where secondary food is super crucial to helping you be in the best health possible. But you also want to get on top of the stressors. And then the next thing that I tell my clients to do to support their, their liver and detox pathways is, is to make sure that you're getting enough nutrients in. 
So making sure that you're having, you know, two servings of fruit per day and, you know, a few servings of vegetables, you know, that is really going to give your, your liver the essential nutrients to get through its natural detox phase one and detox phase two. And so do you, do you know about the three detox pathways? No, I was actually going to say, do you want to elaborate on those three? Yeah. So there's three phases of detoxification. The first phase is when, think about when you get exposed to a toxin. So that could be a bacteria or a virus or an artificial ingredient from a packaged food item or a microplastic. I mean, literally there's, there's so many toxins that we're exposed to. And so it's not to be scared of them. And, and our body is built to naturally eliminate them. But when we're exposed to a lot, so think about even firefighters, they're inhaling a lot of pollutants. Um, some Sometimes they can develop health issues and especially health symptoms from being exposed to those high level of toxins. And so if you know that you're in an environment where you are like a hospital or um, you're a painter and, and you're exposed to those fumes, you definitely want to be preventative uh, just to make sure that that everything is flowing smoothly. So phase one, the toxin enters the body and our body should be able to identify the toxin, bind to it and bring it down to the liver to get processed. Phase two is when that liver actually processes the toxin. And then there's a few ways that it can be excreted, but most of the time it is excreted through your colon. And I mean, other, other pathways would be your lymphatic system. That is another way that your body moves waste around to get eliminated. And then sweating. Sweating is another way of detoxifying. So those are the main three ways. Um, and so if you want to support your liver, there are certain vegetables that are going to support for phase one and for phase two. So the vegetables that are crucial for phase one detoxification are carrots, celery, and parsnips. And then the vegetables that are specific for phase two because of the nutrients that it has in it. Um, DIM is the main compound that, that is needed for that phase two, for that liver to really help detox whatever's going out. Um, and those are from cruciferous vegetables. So it's actually not a nutrient that, let's say, broccoli has. But the way your body breaks down the broccoli, it creates that, that DIM to be able to support your body and your liver in detoxing the, uh, the toxin. And then phase three is when it is actually being eliminated. So when you excrete for urine or your poop or your sweat. And so um, a lot of people though have gene mutations and I don't like to say the word gene mutations um, because you know, it still works, but it's just at a much slower rate. And so it's very, very common to have a gene mutation for one or, or both of those uh, detox phases. And when I say phases one and two is typically what's referred to because phase three is like it actually being eliminated. So they, there's not much with that. Sure. Um, but if you're, if you're slower at a identifying the toxin, so it's common to have a gene mutation for your phase one or phase two detoxification process. And it's not that you just can't detox properly. It's just happening at a slower rate. And these individuals, and super common, a lot of my clients, honestly, all of my clients have at least one gene mutation. So just to show, most of us probably do um, have a little bit difficult time with either phase one or phase two. And even though they have the gene for it, it's just a predisposition. It's not saying that, you know, it is super, super slow, but typically my clients are here with me for a reason that they're, they're trying to get on top of um, and support their health. How and do you, so, how do you find that gene mutation in your clients? Yeah. So I utilize DNA testing with my clients and it's a cheek swab. They send the sample in and a few weeks later we get their report and there is a diet report, a nutrients report, a fitness report, stress, sleep, behavioral, and different health 
um, health risks and disease risks and cancer risks. It is such a cool tool that I'm able to use with my clients. And so we can really see what's your blueprint to health. And still, and I love that it comes back a little bit later in their program because it forces them to be in tune and intuitive with how foods make them feel before we do get a paper report saying, well, you should do this. Right. And so they're mentally before they have the paper and having like predisposition ideas about it. Yeah, that's cool. So it has literally changed so many people's lives and it takes the guesswork out of, you know, how should I eat for my body? And I like how, how does my body react to alcohol? And what is my predisposition for having a lactose or gluten intolerance? And so sometimes people are like, yeah, I know when I eat dairy, it does kind of hurt my stomach, but maybe I'm just having too much or and, and then when we're able to see, like, yes, you, you probably do have a good predisposition for, for being lactose intolerant, even though it's not a diagnostic tool, they're able to be like, okay, you know, as an act of self-care, I'm, I'm not I'm going to eat dairy. <laughs> yes. Right. It gives them that extra push to do what they know that they should be doing and, and knowing that, yep this is really what is best for me. And then once they make that shift, just like giving up alcohol, because I'm sure, I'm sure you knew for a while that was something you wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. It just didn't align with my life. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And I, and I guarantee if your DNA test came back saying that you have, like you're more sensitive to alcohol, it, it would have been easier to make that, to make Decision. that switch earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so cool that you do that. Um, So let's talk about your program just a little bit so that people know if they're, if they want to reach out at all. Um, Like what options do you have? When should someone come to you? So with my programs, I do one-on-one coaching and I'm about to launch memberships as well. So with that membership, it is a group coaching membership where you can cancel at any time and Um, you get access to all of the information that my one-on-ones get, and then you get one group coaching call a month. And so the content that I go over with my clients is uh, separated into three different phases. And phase one is uh, nourishing your mindset. And so we go over what an integrative nutrition philosophy is. And I talk about the meal plan that I educate my clients on, which is an anti-inflammatory meal plan. And so what that is, is looking to eliminate a lot of the processed inflammatory ingredients like vegetable oils, canola oils, sugar, alcohol, um, some forms of gluten and dairy. So once they are educated on what they're doing and why they're doing, and of course, my one-on-ones, we talk about this before they sign up for a program just to make sure that it's a right fit for them. Um, Of course, if anyone I meet is... Um, someone who would be better off with a different health professional, I will absolutely hook them up with whoever would fit their needs best. Uh, But most people, they're looking for a lifestyle change, a dietary lifestyle change where they're eating healthy, uh, whether they've gained a couple pounds and they want to just feel good in their skin again so they can do all the things that they want to do in life. Or if they're on medications, you know, I've worked with a lot of people on different blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, having diabetes, being on insulin. And every single one of my clients, once they're done working with me, has for sure reduced their medication. If not, they're off of their medication. And yes, and it's so possible. And they don't want you to know that. And that's so frustrating. It is. it, food is so powerful. And, you know, what this meal plan is looking to accomplish is to stabilize your blood sugars first and foremost, because the reason you're having so many cravings for sweets or salty is because your blood sugars are imbalanced. And it's not your fault that you're there. It's literally our modern food system. I was in the same exact place. And that is why I'm here today. 
because I felt like crap and my energy levels would just be absolutely depleted and not to mention other, other symptoms I was dealing with because my blood sugars were imbalanced. If you ever experience hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar, and that's where you feel hangry, jittery, you're like, you can see yourself shaking because you know you need to eat. And especially if you feel that pit in your stomach where you're like, oh my God, like if I don't eat something, I'm going to get nauseous. So that's hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. And if you experience that often, that is a telltale sign that your blood sugars are imbalanced. You know, when you go to the doctor and you get your fasted fasted glucose test, that is one day out of every day, the whole year. (laughs) Yeah, every day. (laughs) And so although it could, I mean, if you have a normal reading there, but sometimes it's not showing the true picture of what's going on. And so with this meal plan, you're eating balanced, nutritious meals to stabilize your blood sugar so you're not having those cravings anymore, but also that your body can then actually burn excess fat that you don't need because with having elevated blood sugars, it's a lot easier to continue to gain weight when your baseline is just higher than it should be. And that's because you're starting to develop insulin sensitivity. Insulin is a hormone secreted by your pancreas to help lower your blood sugars, to bring them back into that healthy range. Because your your body is like a well-balanced machine and it knows where things should be. And so if things are off, it, it affects the rest of the machine. It does affect other areas of your body. And so by addressing your blood sugars, a lot of other areas of your health can improve, such as your brain and and how you sleep and how you concentrate and your hormones and even that that cortisol, that that hormone we are talking about, the stress hormone, that improves as blood sugar balances. And so a lot of areas of your health get better. And we track that using a health assessment. So when you first start with me, I have you fill out a nice questionnaire and it shows us where your inflammation is at in all of your different body systems. So from your brain and nervous system, your digestive health, your detoxification health, your hormone health, blood sugar, insulin, your musculoskeletal and your autoimmune. And so what we do is sometimes in the middle of your program, but for sure by the end of the program, we will we'll have you take that assessment again. We can compare the scores and see, hey, like you came down a ton here, here, here. This one has kind of stayed consistent. So here's some more tools. And this is something that you should continue working on even without me or if they want to continue working with me, that's, that's the next avenue that we would take. What's the typical length for a program for you? So about four months. And for the first three to five weeks, it really does depend on the person and what their needs are for how often I see them. So that does change per person. But for sure, for the first three weeks, three to four weeks, we meet weekly. And then going forward, um, it could go every other week, every two weeks. I mean, really depending on the person, they may know that they need long to- longer term support and that they do well with longer times between. So I have clients sometimes up to six months before re-signing with another program, or sometimes they do go through it because they need like eight weekly sessions and then they go every other week, the last two weeks. So it could be three weeks, but basically we decide that with the client to see, hey, how much time do you have to dedicate to this in the first place? Um, And then where is that level of need? And we go from there. So it is very flexible. Um, You could say it's (laughs) bio-individual. It is bio-individual. Absolutely. Mm, I love that. (laughs) What's your favorite thing about being a wellness coach? I love seeing the ripple effect that it has, whether it be like, oh, I, I tried a recipe in your manual and my kids absolutely loved it. And it's something that's just like, it's just got so many veggies in it. And to see like kids are loving that or like my husband's doing this with me and he's lost double the weight that I have. And just that is exactly what I want to do. 
I got into this because I came from a standard American family whose health was kind of poor. And even from a young age, I was like, this isn't normal. And I wanted more for them. I want more for, for everyone in my life. And everyone in my life is so amazing and wonderful. And truly, it's, it comes down to like, I want them to be in their best health for as long as possible. And of course, I feel the same way for myself. um, Because it's not easy seeing people in bad states of health. And I know we we've talked about our Enneagram types, and I'm an Enneagram seven. And seeing anything that is negative or upsetting, that's like the Enneagram seven's core fear. And so you could say technically I got into this because my my fear is that my loved ones are not going to be in good health. And and so it it really is a caring viewpoint that I I come to each and every one of my clients knowing that they have the power to influence how many other people in their lives, which is those people in their lives and so on and so forth. Yeah. It's amazing. I know that I'm an Enneagram seven, but that's the only thing I know about it. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Like on the Enneagram scale? Yeah. So for those who don't know, Enneagram is a personality type and there's nine different ones. So there's an Enneagram one, Enneagram two, Enneagram eight, nine, you know, and technically, and I'm no expert, but I've done a lot of research in this. uh, Technically you are born one type and you can have wings. So I, I think I'm a Enneagram seven. No, I know I'm an Enneagram seven wing eight and then I think a wing five two I think that's what mine went to and we'll, we'll talk about that but basically your main type it it's a personality assessment based on what are your core motivators and what are your core fears and so for Enneagram sevens my like we love adventure and new things and traveling and just having fun like just sunshine like oh my god everything that is just like exciting and happy like yes that's my motivator and then the fears is being held down or being stagnant and that could even be like routine And that's something I have struggled with, which I have a wonderful routine now. And I'm so excited about my routine. And I think it's, it's also about how you like, how you fill your days and how you want to fill your days that has a huge impact on it. But mundane tasks as well, Enneagram sevens get bored of, we're like, eh, like, let me put it off. And, (laughs) and the importance of knowing, like, your Enneagram type or knowing others is how to communicate and how to motivate them. And so for different people in my life, of course, I've sent them the link to taking the assessment and I'm like, take this screenshot it, send it back to me. And then I'm like, okay, you're an Enneagram nine. And I have a lot of Enneagram nines in my life. And those people are super kind and caring and they just don't want to disturb the peace. They want to keep the peace so they can kind of give that like caretaker role. And, and so that's a very positive Enneagram as well. So it makes sense that I gravitate towards people who have that like, yeah, we don't need any trouble. Like, let's, we're, like, let's just keep the calm and, and have fun. But wow. those people, they want to keep the peace so much that they will say yes to people. And it hurts their boundary. Sure. Just because they want it, like they want to keep it good yeah. so they're gonna go along even though it's not what feels right for them sure and so, like a people pleaser exactly okay yep and so when I had my boyfriend take the Enneagram quiz he's a type three and that's that is actually I think known as the caregiver and totally makes sense he's a nurse like the most Enneagram three person ever And he is huge people pleaser, but he also really likes words of affirmation. And that's something that I apparently struggle with. I didn't realize (laughs) I struggled with it until I really learned more about, you know, what makes him 
feel happy and what fills his cup and just simple please and thank yous go super far and it's something that's there's no reason that you can't say uh, please the p's and q's mm-hmm. and so by knowing each other's personality type and knowing what what lifts them up and what hurts them you're able to change your behaviors to help be a better partner or help be a better friend um it it made me understand why you know some like how people deal with contact and conflict um use the enneagram for any of your clients at all to see what they how they like to communicate and what motivates them i do and it helps so much um there are a lot of people who you know they've been trying to heal their biology through food for so long and they've removed all these different foods and they've tried all these different diets and nothing stuck. That gives me the indication that they, they do need to work through their biography, right? The biology versus biography. And so, yeah, I mean, it really is identifying why you are the way you are and Enneagrams are wonderful for that. And of course, working through any, you know, shadow work or, or trauma work is difficult. But if you're looking to grow, it's going it's going to be difficult. Regardless, you're going against the grain of what you know. And hard for human beings in general, they like totally. the, they like the comfortable and the and the soft and cushy and I know what's going to happen, you know, and change is definitely stepping outside your comfort zone, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I think all of the, you know, like even Enneagrams finding out, you know, what you're like and what your personality is like and what motivates you. And that will help you communicate too, knowing yourself being like, this is what motivates me. If it's with a boss or in a relationship or in any mm-hmm. aspect of your life, if you know yourself enough, you know, you can vocalize that and say, hey, this is how I'm motivated. You are so on the point because I got introduced to Enneagrams at the Wellness Center, the Tree of Life Wellness Center, because the owner, she saw the importance of it and she had all of our team members and it's a small business, but she had all of our team members get an Enneagram quiz done through like an actual certified lady. And she came into one of our team meetings and like, we went through it together and like you learn so much about other people and how to effectively communicate. And I know that's why she did it because she like learning there, like what are their motivators? Like what, what is going to help these people be the best that they can? And how smart is that? I was just about to say, how cool is that, that she took the time to build this community, literally teaching all of you guys how to communicate with each other and how she can effectively communicate to you and motivate you. Maybe like, I I was thinking I'm going to send this actually to my partner um because she is so amazing already but i would love to you know figure out what motivates her maybe she can we can adjust tasks maybe we can you know move her to a different if she doesn't like this we can offload that on someone else's plate eventually you know i think that's so cool knowing someone on a deeper level where you can create a community and make sure that they are living their best life too, because then they're going to be more effective in the position that they're in. Yeah. And it, it seriously has changed all of my relationships. It has allowed me to be more empathetic to, to the Enneagram nines in my life. Cause when, when they have conflict, they avoid conflict because that's their core fear. They're like, I want to keep the peace. And so when conflict does happen, sometimes they can go ghost mode. But knowing that, oh, like that's just like their auto mode. Like when they are in chaos or conflict, they're a hermit. And it's not about me. They're not, them ghosting me is not about me. It's about them. That's how they, that's how they cope. That's their, you know, and that's so cool thinking about it that way and having that empathy of, okay, like, and giving yourself grace 
you know, it's not me. Like I didn't do anything wrong. That's just how they give them a few days. Yeah. They'll, they'll crawl out and it's, and it's fine. And instead of being like, and then there are so many different, I mean, of course you could Google, like once you find your result, you could Google and learn a ton of free information on your Enneagram. Uh, They do offer, I think it's like 30 bucks if you want to buy their report, but truthfully, there's so much free information out there where you can just go. I mean, I love Enneagram Ashton. I follow her. She posts so much great information. She's a certified Enneagram coach. And it's so cool just to learn more about myself. I look forward to seeing her posts. And not even for the Enneagram sevens, for all the threes and the the nines out there. And and because I do have kind of um, an Enneagram eight there too, I, I look at those two because seven and eight, those are my main ones. Um, and the eight is very, very protective. I think it's known as the protector sure. and they want to make sure sh- they stand up for their people. And, and that relates to me being like, I want everyone I know to be happy and healthy. And like, I'm, I'm the supplement girl. If my friends are sick, I'm like, I will come over with like a ton of supplements and be like, take these for the next three days. Like, I love you're that. welcome. I love or like, that. <laughs> like you need some electrolytes. Are you, are you a little dehydrated this morning? Like I, I got you. I love that. That is so awesome. Yeah. I want to figure out mine. I know I'm a seven, but my wing is one. So I'm going to have to do some research <gasps> and just see how what? Oh, don't cringe. You're no, you're just a perfection. And so you, okay. One of the wings is like where you go when you're in a, like in a positive state. And then one of the wings is where you go when you're in a negative state. Sure. And so depending on that, if, if you go there in the negative state, that means that you're just really hard on yourself and you're a perfectionist. And so you're like, that's, yep. that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Yeah. So what I'd love to add on to was when I was talking about intermittent fasting. Yeah. Cause that will, that goes perfectly. And I don't think I said this already. So when I'm talking about intermittent fasting with my clients and I only bring it up if it's a good option for them, if they have any history of any disordered eating, which actually pause most of us have disordered eating that that's going to be like any shame or guilt you have about eating food and most of us have experienced that more as in if they've experienced over restriction or binge in terms of food i i veer on the edge of caution with talking about intermittent fasting because it can be a triggering topic but honestly i haven't had any issues and really people are just looking for some sort of structure and to do it in a way that is healthy and so that is that is why i'm there i'm that support for them to be like hey you know this is an option you know what what do you think about that and so with with the intermittent fasting what happens is after 10, 11, 12 hours of fasting, your body's like, Ashley, isn't it time for you to feed me now? It's like, where's my fuel at? And so if you eat food, you give yourself fuel and your blood glucose goes up. And when our blood glucose goes up, we are not able to get into fat burning zone, which you know, even if you're not looking to lose weight, you get into fat burning zone anyways, because that's what maintains you at your your composition, right? And so what happens is if you're constantly spiking your blood sugar by eating as soon as you wake up, right before bed, maybe even having a snack in the middle of the night, you're constantly having elevated blood sugars. But by having intermittent fasting and you're like, hey, I'm going to stop eating at 8 p.m. and I'll have my first meal of the day at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. or whatever it may be, you're giving yourself more than that 10, 11, 12 hour fast. And in, instead of your body being like, all right, Ashley, it's time to give me food. It actually burns calories from your fat sources. Sure. And so instead of spiking your glucose, you're getting into ketosis. So there's a lot of benefits, obviously, physically with weight loss and with my weight loss clients who are looking to lose some serious pounds, honestly, that 14 to 16 hour fast is typically what works super well for them. 
And coupled up on the meal plan that I have, women are typically losing a third pound per day and men can lose anywhere between a half to a pound per day for, for that first three weeks where it is really clean eating. And then after that clean eating where, you know, I really encourage them to remove as much processed food as they can. Then we start reintroducing foods that they want back in their life. And so whether that be, you know, testing different dairy options or adding in, you know, some bread and, and seeing how your body feels and, and how often and how much you can have. So you're really having that intuitive relationship and, and a lot of the growth in that area of your, of your skill set to seeing hmm, what feels good for me and, and also how can I eat, you know, lifestyle wise to keep getting to my goals. That's awesome. Yeah. For me, it's like, I don't, I don't really like calling it intermittent fasting because it's just that I don't really eat until 11 o'clock, but like I stop eating at, you know, eight or nine, usually eight o'clock at night. So it is a fast, but that's just how my life ended up just working out. So I don't like using, you know, the trigger, like those trigger words and stuff or calling it something. It's just how my body and how my lifestyle just ends up being. It works out for me. I feel great. Um, I have maintained a healthy body weight my whole life. So it's like, I feel like it's, you know, it works for me. So, totally. you know, and it's hard. I, cause I, I told my fiance this, like I said, it was a form of intermittent fasting and he's like, all serious about it now and like researching it. I'm like, no, I'm just like eating when I feel like if I wake up hungry, I'm going to eat, you know, if I, if I, it's not like, oh, it's not 11 o'clock. I can't eat. It's like, okay, I don't feel hungry in the mornings. And that is now what I'm used to. And, but if I do wake up and I'm starving, you know, I'm going to eat. So it's hard to like classify it as anything, but it is a longer period of time than, a lot of the people around me go without eating. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I totally agree. I think that the way it comes across, it can seem like, oh, you're going to fast for what, 24 hours. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of different approaches now. Like don't, don't go too crazy. But really, if you're just, if you stop eating two to three hours before bed, you're going to automatically give yourself a 10 hour fast. And that's fine. And and I tell my clients, like, you know what, if if all you do is just not eat two to three hours before bed, I don't care what time you eat in the morning. I mean, that that is going to be way more helpful because we just don't digest things well at all overnight. So when you're eating that close to bedtime, well, A, it's signaling to your body, oh my gosh, Ashley's giving me fuel. Like, all right, what like what, are, what yeah. are we getting put to work for? And so that's why sometimes people have difficulties falling asleep, but then you don't you don't digest that food when you're sleeping. It's put towards other recovery and restorative actions in your body. And so and and even with women and hormone health too, they shouldn't be doing that. And I think I We've probably talked about this before, but I, you know, they shouldn't be doing the long fast because it's it's going to affect their their cortisol in a negative way, which is then going to affect their hormones in a negative way, their other hormones. Like right. I said, you know, your body is it's it's an engine and it all works together. And if your body's signaling and it's saying like, "Hey, Ashley, eat me," like you're you're getting those hunger hormone cues. And then if you ignore it because you have this goal of, well, I'm not going to eat until noon, now your body is releasing cortisol, which is now releasing glucose because it's putting you in fight or flight. And so even though you're like, oh, I'm not going to eat because I want to get in fat burning zone, well, now you can't get into it because your cortisol has now resulted in glucose to go up. So you're not even in it anyways. And that's for stress it all comes back to your stressors and making sure that you are managing them and dealing with them because food is fuel food. Food is medicine, but food can't fix your biography. Right. Absolutely. 
Yeah. It's definitely a, a fun job that I have to, to help people curate their, their meals throughout the day to, to help support and maximize their health. And I mean, I, I love my clients and they are all just such bright lights that are ready to make that, to make that change and to make that movement. And I'm so happy that I get to be that facilitator. Yeah. It's amazing what you do. Um, I love everything that you've said today has been just been amazing. The ripple effect and, you know, you really are changing people's lives and everyone around them too, because they see the positive changes, you know, that these people are making and you're facilitating that is amazing and and spreading your education it's just so cool what you do and i love you know i look up to you and you're my friend and it's cool having you do this full time and running your own business i think it's just amazing well thank you thank you it's it's a good feeling to be to be where i'm at and and i'm so happy that you reached out and asked me to be a part of this today of course thank you for taking your time and coming on here and spreading your message.